Hoxton Movies with Nikki Alexandru, Matt Williams and Morton Wright in association with Genesis Cinema. Only on Hoxton Radio. Hello and welcome to Hoxton Movies oh, on Hoxton Radio. You've got Nikki, Matt and Morton in the studio with you for the next couple of hours bringing you the latest movie news including trailers as well as the London Film Festival 2019 lineup which was announced earlier today uh, we're also going to be discussing new releases as well as reviewing the souvenir and pain and glory and this week our very special guest is director lucy parker talking about her documentary solidarity which is playing as part of the london open city documentary festival how are you guys good how are you fine yeah good not bad yeah you know good good um i was commenting earlier at how svelte morton is looking why thank you yeah it really carries off on radio <laughs> <laughs> your voice is thinner mm. um yeah you've been working out haven't you been pumping iron i have i'm you're not for the past week but yeah I oh have. really i've been a little ill break. the past week oh so, yeah oh could the weight loss be down to illness rather than <laughs> how dare you it's all my own work <laughs> well you look great thank you um london film festival i forgot that it was the launch this morning mm-hmm. i normally go um, it's it's usually in the evening. I've been before and it's been in the evening. No, it's the last few years, it's always been the morning. Oh. Because you've brought us the paper copies of the programme. Aha. Uh-huh. And now I don't know how I'm going to get one oh, yeah. for weeks. I can't believe I missed the free coffee and pastries this <laughs> morning. I'm devastated. Um, but we will be getting into the lineup in a little bit. Um, well, we can so. start off now. Oh, we're going to go now? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so the uh, Trisha Tuttle, who is the head of the London Film Festival, announced the lineup this morning and Morton and I were saying off air it's not there was no real surprises I don't mm. I don't think um, there was a couple of uh, titles that I thought might appear um, my one was Bombshell I really wanted that to appear yeah I wanted um, mm. Little Women to be on there but I couldn't see it it is I think is it okay no Little, Little Women hasn't been announced I didn't look on okay there's enough. a film called Little Woman in that oh. case yeah so. Little Woman oh, that's okay. a different film yeah no Little Women I wonder if it's a surprise film but I they wonder, had yeah. Greta Gerwig's Ladybird as a surprise last year, and would they do Greta Gerwig again as a surprise film? I heard there might be two surprise films this year. Possibly. No, they s- they s- they're screening it twice, but I think it's the same. Oh, it's usually okay. the same movie. Last year they they last year they had two screenings of the surprise film, but it was the same film. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed by that. But there's a quite a lot of interesting stuff in there. Knives Out, which is uh, a new whodunit by Ryan Johnson, is going to be one of the headline galas. I was excited to see that Marielle Heller's new film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, which stars Tom Hanks. As is, Ted Rogers. Is going to be mm. uh, in the in the lineup as mm. well, which I think looks quite interesting. Yeah, there was a documentary on Ted Rogers that was in the programme last year as well that I know um, EJ from Genesis absolutely loved and is oh, looking cool. forward to this one a lot as well. Um, there's also the American Ex- Airlines Gala, which is The King, which is Ki- Timothy Chalamet's film. Well, not his film, but he's in David Michaud's film about uh, Henry V. Mm. The trailer dropped the other day, mm. and I watched it. It looks good. He looks very good in it. Um, it's co-written by Joel Edgerton mm. as well, who also co-stars. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. It feels like it's been a while since a David Michaud film. Um, loved Animal Kingdom didn't see the rover but do still really want to mm. at some point and was it did no it wasn't him that did Macbeth was it that was just no. because Al. yeah who did Snowtown yeah um, but yeah no it does feel like it's been a while since he released something so yeah it could be intriguing yeah I'm pleased that Noah Bambach's 
that Baumbach? Baumbach. Baumbach. Uh, Marriage Story is getting a gala premiere as well because it has just premiered at the Venice Film Festival today to absolute rave reviews. Um, lots of critics are saying Oscar nominations for Best Picture, Best Actor and Actress, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and Laura Dern as well. Apparently, is amazing in it. Um, and as we said, it does appear to be hugely autobiographical. So it is kind of based on his relationship with Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I think... Um, and also, it's kind of good because Scarlett Johansson, you know when she did uh, Lost in Translation and Girl with a Pearl Earring, she kind of took off as a really kind of serious young talent mm. and then got scooped up by the Marvel Universe and, you know, has had a few misfires along the way like Lucy and Ghost mm. in the Shell. So it's good to see her doing something that's really... Uh, all about the performance mm. apparently she is the standout as well so that'll be exciting um, Pablo Loran is yes. back as well my favourite I love Pablo Loran um, I was a big fan of Jackie an even bigger fan of um, uh, the that religious film oh my god I can't the, club. the Club the Club yeah. I can't believe it. I was a huge fan of that film the name I can't remember um, The Club that was probably my favourite film actually of uh, the London Film Festival a couple of years ago and you interviewed him didn't you I did interview him yeah and he was a very very charming very nice man um, his new film was called Emma and it's um, based it's set in Chile um, Gael Garcia Bernal appears in it um, there's very limited information on what it's about for some reason I read it as EMA but yeah, I don't know Emma makes more sense well it might be that I don't know you know me Emma. and my pronouns Ema. Um probably not. Probably There's a couple of interesting ones that I hadn't. Not very Chile- Chilean, is it? Like Ema, it's more Irish. There's a couple of other interesting ones I hadn't heard of until today. So the Laugh Gala is um, a film called The Dude in Me, or I think it's also got another title like The Man Inside Me, mm. which is a body swap comedy uh, directed by Hyo Jin Kang, uh, which sounds like it could be quite interesting. It does sound like it could be a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah. A uh, gangster inhabiting the body of a schoolboy. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, and also um, a film called Judy and Punch is the Dare Gala, and mm. it stars uh, Mia Wazachowska uh, in this sort of classic fairy tale with a feminine twist, creating an origin story, but reimagines what would have happened if Judy decided not to take Punch's incessant battery quite so meekly based on the Punch and Judy puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you think about that, like, how problematic. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there's some harrowing stuff in Punch yeah. and Judy. It's, yeah. But, you know, it was like pretty much every seaside you visited as a kid or I did. Mm. There was always a Punch and Judy. Um, just charming fun, isn't it? Yeah. Domestic violence. Um, well, that'll be good. And also it's dare, so that means it's going to be, because they're pretty extreme, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, section? yeah. Definitely. They always are. Um, Michael Winterbottom is back. Um, with his satirical comedy Greed I'm excited for this one yeah. to be fair Coogan's um, working with him again yeah takedown of Sir Philip Green oh yeah uh, as well uh, of a 60 year old like high street magnate who invites all of his friends to Greece for a 60th birthday party unfortunately his ex-wife turns up as well <laughs> uh, so yeah no I'm excited for that and for um Jojo Rabbit from Taika Waititi as well as one of the galas as well. Yeah, and Scarlett Johansson mm. appearing in that as well. Um, I was a bit unsure about Jojo Rabbit just because of the trailer um, and the probably overly politically correct aspect of him. He was like, oh, is he going to be able to pull this off? But it is. It's him. Yeah. I think he will. I think it will be Moonrise Kingdom in the Hitler Youth. <laughs> Put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we got Jane Mangold, James Mangold's 
Le Mans 66, AK Ford versus Ferrari, which is starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. And um, that's a high profile UK premiere. There's a lot of anticipation for that in the industry. Maybe not so much from Morton and Nikki, because <laughs> I remember we saw the trailer for that on Friday, didn't we? And we or wherever we were. Oh, yeah. And you weren't that keen. No. It just looks a bit dull. I, I like I like motor racing, but yeah, no, it just looks like we've seen it before. And Christian Bale is doing that Cockney accent again. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah, no, it's atrocious. Come on, son, I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> it's really annoying. Yeah, no, not good. Um, should say that the BFI Flair special presentation is going to be a portrait of a lady on fire, which is about um, a female painter who falls in love with her subject. It's directed by Celine Scammer, who did Girlhood, which is absolutely brilliant. I think she was also part of uh, My Life as a Courgette which is also a brilliant film, so definitely go check out her previous work. Um, and this film looks really interesting. It's a kind of period drama with a lesbian love story at the heart of it. Oh. Um, and as already announced, Armando Inanucci's The Personal History of David Copperfield will open the festival. And the Mayor of London's gala is Tom Harper's The Aeronauts, which reunites Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne um, in a story that is entirely fictional I think um, but looks quite rousing and also quite interesting that Felicity Jones gets top billing in this over Eddie, Eddie Felicity Redmayne Felicity Huffman I think oh, no it's not Felicity Huffman Felicity Jones you've written Felicity Huffman on the oh. um, running order have I? <laughs> yeah scandalous <laughs> It must have auto-corrected. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't Carol. know why. Anyway, Felicity Jones, Eddie Redmayne, uh, Himish Patel, who was, of course, the lead in Yesterday, Vincent Perez and Anne Reid star in the film. And, and Tom Courtney. And Tom Courtney. And the trailer dropped today, so we're going to play that now. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the films that are in competition at the London Film Festival. Hold on one second. This is gone. Haywire. I believe there are answers in the sky. Up there is where I have found the greatest happiness. Gentlemen, to predict the weather could save hundreds of thousands of lives. We are scientists, not fortune tellers. You'll get your chance. They'll realize your worth. I think they know my worth quite well enough. Prove them wrong, James. I'm a really good aeronaut. I want to use what I'm good at. Women don't belong in balloons. And she makes such a show of herself. Miss Wren, I need to make studies of the air. I'm not a coachman for hire. You are the only person who could fly us higher than anyone has ever been. So will you? Some reach for the stars, some push others towards them. We're about to get wet. Is this balloon not the strongest it's ever been? Even so, it can't fight the weather. Oh, God! I have a feeling they're not coming back. We're travelling into an unknown. Stay alive. Ah! 
so that was the trailer for The Aeronauts, which is playing at the London Film Festival 2019 on Monday the 7th of October as part of the Mayor of London's Gala. It should be quite an interesting one, maybe. I didn't actually... Is it, does it look good? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really like Tom Harper massively. No? Are Are you thinking of Tom Hooper, who does Mm. Cats? No, I'm thinking of Tom Harper. Was he directed before? No, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I think Tom Hooper, who's directed Les Mis. Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, 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 no, 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 Tom Harper's a different director. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Mm. It looks like a crowd pleaser. Crowd pleaser. Yeah. Um, It was also announced uh, yesterday, the official competition selection for uh, the film festival this year. So the winner will be revealed at a public award presentation um, and this year there's been 60% 60% of the films selected have either a female director or co-director which is um, really good actually and I think London Film Festival has done really well in terms of um, representation in the past couple of years I think um, so the 10 films in competition are Fanny Lee Delivered, Delivered from director Thomas Kai I have no idea Clay Clay oh I <laughs> I've got something on my thing and it looked like an eye okay Clay that's easy enough um, and then Honey Boy directed by Alma Harrell who um, we've interviewed on the show before for her film Love True which came out three years ago which is a uh, sort of looking at different people's um, opinions of what love is um, she also directed a film called Bombay Beach about um, one of the poorest communities in California I definitely recommend checking out her previous work because I think she's a really interesting filmmaker um, and I'd be interested to see what her what Honey Boy is, is like. Uh, La Llorona is the next film, directed by Jaro Bustamante. Uh, Linguana, Linguana Franca, directed by Isabella Isabel Sandoval. Uh, Moffy, directed by Oliver Hermanus. Monos, I haven't heard of a lot of these people. Uh, directed by Alejandro Landes. Uh, the Other Lamb, I like how you're just letting me do all these as well. <laughs> directed by Malgorat Sata. I'm so sorry, I don't... I, Sumalska. No, no Sumalska. There you go. Um, and the perfect candidate, directed by Haifa Al Mansell. I knew. I do know who this person is. <laughs> Haifa Al Mansell. I think you're that doing really well. I'd be, I'd be butchering these. Uh, that's just in the film about the bike. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, what's it called? I love that film as well. Yeah. Wajda. Wajda. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. She's she's a really interesting filmmaker mm. as well. Because she made that film in Saudi Arabia when yeah, she yeah, wasn't yeah. allowed to direct yeah. and so that should and be yeah the, the plot of the perfect candidate kind of again is looking at the uh, the position of women in Saudi Arabian society as well oh. in a very interesting way by the sounds of it that's cool uh, Rose Plays Julie is uh, directed by Christine Malloy and Joe Lawler uh, it's a feminist drama from an uh, from the Irish directed directing duos um, about a student uh, just who deciding to contact her birth mother who gave her up for adoption which is quite an interesting one uh, St Maud is directed by Rose Glass and that's the final film and that's a horror film is it? yes with Jennifer I Ely I will not be watching that then no um, so the winner of the official competition will be announced on the 12th of October um, but what they're doing so you can buy tickets um, for the London Film Festival tickets go on sale for the public uh, next week I believe where is it? does tell me it is okay I think priority tickets go on sale next Tuesday I want to say or, th- or Wednesday oh, I thought they went on tomorrow member book no member booking member booking opens at 10am on Thursday the 5th of September 
according to my email from BFI membership. Um, and then I think the following week is when the public tickets go on sale. But at the moment, so when they go on sale, you can buy a ticket for the official competition winner without knowing what it is yet. Mm. And then it will be a kind of nice, pleasant surprise, hopefully. Although I wouldn't do that just for me because I wouldn't want it to be the horror film and then <laughs> I'd be too scared. I suppose it's for people who haven't got quite the same level of availability so they can just mm. pick to go and watch whichever one wins and then if they can go and see anything else during the festival they can look outside the competition. Mm. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, LFF 2019. We'll be there bringing you lots of coverage as usual. Uh, we've got a couple more trailers to play you as part of uh, movie news this week. Um, so the final trailer for Todd Phillips's new film Joker uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix as uh, the Joker in a kind of sort of origin story is this based on a comic book no no it's just and they've said that they've gone quite wildly away from comic book history oh, yeah, yeah, in the sense that they're very different fully ready to anger people oh really yeah Oh, that's interesting. It reminds me of the King of Comedy. Yes, yeah, I was completely. thinking the exactly the same thing as which, I was watching the trailer today. Yeah, which exactly also stars De Niro, obviously, yeah, and yeah. I wonder if that's a bit of meta casting. Well, as well. Scorsese was a producer on this originally. I'm mm. not sure if he is in the end or if they kind of just like put him on as exec producer because he's not had much input because of the Irishman. But mm. yeah, they, they cited King of Comedy from the start. Yeah. And it looks great. It's been a while since a trailer has given me goosebumps, mm. but I watched this yesterday when it dropped and mm. thought, oh my days. And also, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, I'm pretty sure he's going to win an Oscar for this because it yeah. looks, you know, like, uh, what was the film he did with Lynn Ramsey? Uh, uh, you Were Never Really Here. Yeah. Which I thought was extraordinary yeah. and his performance was amazing. But this feels like it's a kind of going to be a more of a mainstream yeah, hit. Um, everybody's excited for it. Um, yeah, it just looks fantastic. So the, the story is he plays a, fa a failed comedian called Arthur Fleck and he encounters violent thugs while wandering the streets dressed as a clown and he kind of gets like thrown out by society and he bring, be begins a slow descent into madness and he transforms himself into a criminal mastermind known as Joker. But as we've just said, it's not going to be the Joker that you have seen before. <sighs> <coughs> Please stop bothering my kid. Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. Isn't it? For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed, but I do. And people are starting to notice. 
think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? very affecting trailer there for the joke uh, for joker which uh, is going to be released in the uk on october 4th i have to say we're all very excited for that. yeah i am the only reservation a slight reservation is that todd phillips is not known for directing kind of psychological thrillers um of this variety true but um if you'd been asked about adam mckay a few years ago yeah true so maybe this will be his mm. proving his worth. I mean, it looks, and it is all obviously all very much centered around Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I was listening to a podcast with Mark Maron from Glow, who's also mm. in the oh, film, yes. and okay. he's and he appears in the trailer. And the person who was interviewing said to him, "Oh, you've done Joker with uh, Joaquin. Um, what was it like on set with him?" And Maron said, "Well, you just don't go near him. <laughs> you know, he's there and he's in character the whole time." So he's like in the corner of the room getting psyched up. He said he was perfectly, like he wasn't rude, but he was disconnected from mm. the rest of the set. And he said, you know, De Niro was great, very quiet, very polite, but because uh, I think all his scenes are with De Niro and Phoenix. And he said, oh, you know, I only did a couple of days on it, but um, it was pretty extraordinary to watch him yeah. turn in. I'm always a little bit put off though. It's a bit like Edward Norton and, you know, any sort of method actor, it's like, why do you need to be so immersed? Mm. You know, why do you have to be like that? I mean, it's like, okay, so I get that when the performance turns out to be as extraordinary as Joaquin Phoenix has given over the years, maybe you'll kind of go, right, well, that's just the way he does it. But you then think about people like Jared Leto, (laughs) who's just a dick. I can understand it with an accent and perhaps a name so that like you just kind of you stay in the flow staying in the flow I understand keeping an accent yeah for sure because that's obviously quite a hard thing to come in and out of but I think yeah completely staying in character is perhaps a bit much Mm. but you know we're not actors we don't (coughs) know well Joker is out on the 4th of October in the UK and US so we will all find out how Oscar worthy (laughs) Joaquin potentially is on that day Yes, yeah, the last trailer was released yesterday as well. It's The Laundromat. It's the new one from Steven Soderbergh. It stars Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, Matthias Schonitz, James Conwell, and Sharon Stone. So the film follows uh, Ellen Martin, played by Streep, whose dream vacation takes a wrong turn and leads her down a, Robert, uh, Robert hole? a rabbit hole of shady dealings that can all be traced to one Panama City law firm run by... Uh, a very based on the trailer mm. an incredibly overacting Gary Oldman um, yeah. and Antonio Banderas she soon learns that her predicament is only a drop <laughs> in the bucket of millions of files linking an offshore tax scheme to the world's richest and most powerful political leaders first you must ask yourself are you wealthy super truth of the world is that most games for someone to win well Someone has to lose. (laughs) 
Think of this as fairy tale that actually happened. There's confusion over who has to pay. So they drowned Joe and 20 other innocent people. And somebody's making money from it. It all goes back to this law firm, Mossack Fonseca. So what happens next? What do we do next? All I did was try and send money. It's a scam that goes from Houston to the West Indies to some bank who knows where. They're getting away with murder. Which is bad. Bad? Yeah, bad is such a big word for being such a small word. I'm on a get your back. Gonna go out on the tower. it all work? Bribery, corruption, money laundering, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Somebody has to sound the alarm. Shit. Let's. Where the fuck is my money? Most of the time, we don't even know. Now playing Hoxton movies with the Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. Your lips are nettles, your tongue is wine, your laughter's liquid, but your body's pine. You're listening to Hoxton Movies. On Hoxton Radio. Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Very pleased to say that we have our guest, Lucy Parker, in the studio, who is the director of a new documentary called Solidarity, which is going to be playing at the Open City Documentary Festival next month, technically. It's when we, it's like we're on the cusp of the end of the month. <laughs> technically, it's September. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so, f- just for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to just give us a brief overview of kind of what's in Solidarity? Uh, Solidarity is about. Yeah, sure. So, it's about it's mostly about the construction industry blacklist that operated from um, 1993 through to, through to 2009. Um, it's also about the Economic League, which was an organisation that was set up in 1919, and it's sort of a British equivalent to McCarthyism. So, mm. this list was. Um, set up at that point to keep track of um, of individuals who were involved mostly with trade unions but also generally politically active. Yeah, some of them just went to like a couple of protests or wrote a letter to a newspaper yeah. and they were put on yeah. this blacklist. Yeah, so one um, that's kind of quite a famous case is mm. um, a Scottish man who wrote uh, a letter mm. to his newspaper to say um, thank, uh, thank you to the, the to Edinburgh for awarding um, the freedom of the city to mm. Nelson Mandela, and then he was put on the list. Um, but then, the, so the the film is mostly about the construction industry mm. blacklist, which was operated by the Consulting Association, mm. um, and that was people who were trade unionists or politically active mm. and seen as troublemakers. Yeah. Um, and how how did you first become aware of this thing called the blacklist? And what kind of led you to bring, like, to start this project and and, re- and do the research? Because I, I read somewhere you did about four years worth of research. Yeah. What kind of led you to discovering yeah. it and wanting to make this film? Um, so uh, I was making a film previously about um, a writers group, and in that group, uh, George Fuller, who was the first person I met, um, and he was 
writing about his experience of being blacklisted um, as a trade genius, but his, the first entry on his blacklist file was that he was organising a petition around um, homelessness. So it was a mm. petition to try and um, open up uh, opportunities for families, <coughs> homeless families, to um, have housing. Um, so that he then invited me to the House of Parliament to see a hearing. And from there, I got to know more people and got to know and respect a lot of the blacklist um, mm. workers and the blacklist support group. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, like, it must have taken you a long... And in terms of the process of deciding which stories to bring into the film, how did that... Because you must have had so ma- many yeah. after yeah. Sort of yeah. four years. Definitely. Um, I think we wanted to get quite an overview of the mm. different reasons for why people were blacklisted and mm. also try to engage in contemporary cases as well. So <coughs> looking at a lot of grassroots trade unionists today and trade unionists who continue to feel um, or be victimised mm. at work. But yeah, it was, a real, it was difficult in the edit because we did have a lot of material that we wanted to use but just didn't, didn't quite fit. And is it something that's still going on today? Like, is there still, is there still a blacklist that exists? There's, so it's not been proven but mm. there's, there's uh, reports and there's been instances where still a number of people aren't able to get work. Mm. Um, and I think just one thing that's really sort of striking about people's experiences is how you prove that you've been mm. discriminated against is often really challenging mm. so um, if you've spoken out at work if particularly if you're on a zero hours contract and you mm. don't then get work mm. how do you prove that that's because you've spoken out is such a challenging thing yeah because I think there's a scene where there's a, a, a lot of people at this group meeting and some mm. people work for Deliveroo yeah. is that yeah. and that's yeah. like one of the things that yeah. they bring up as yeah. well yeah. so that was quite interesting and, and just before you came on we, when we were talking about the part of the film looks into a uh, few women that were in relationships with people that ended up being undercover police officers yeah how like what kind of experiences i mean obviously that's just awful but how did they kind of find that out and what was your experience working with them yeah so um the two women that are in the film um go under the names of andrea and allison um and they um were both um friends with trade unionists or or, uh, also activists and trade unionists themselves Um, and they um, became um, linked or they were um, in the relationships with these police officers and used as um, vehicles to spy on on different groups in a way vehicles isn't a nice (laughs) word sorry um, so in terms of working with them, mm. they've the so they um, operate in a group called Police Spies Out of Lives, mm. um, and they've worked closely with the Blacklist Support Group as campaign groups. So I got to know them through the Blacklist Support Group as well. Um, but they're continuing to really fight and try and get justice through um, the undercover police inquiry that's going on, mm. and it's been going on for a number of years. And it's due to hear um, evidence next year, hopefully. That's but it's just yeah. being delayed and delayed. Um, because some of these relationships, I mean, they didn't, they weren't just sort of flings. They were like years long relationships. Mm. Like, it's quite. Well, it's just the psychological. Yeah, about. but it's the psychological impact on these people who, you know, as Nikki said at the opening of the, of the interview, just <clears throat> who may have written a letter or turned up at a protest once and they're completely blacklisted and then 
these extreme things happen and there's no accountability mm. you know i mean i thought it was so fascinating the um the footage of the hearing you know at the beginning because I almost wonder if the man who's been interviewed is is deliberately trying to be inaudible Mm -hmm. you know and and like just so reluctant to admit anything Mm -hmm. and this is still ongoing so many years later Mm -hmm. Um, we were talking as well about Brexit and everything that's happened you know and the way that the government are kind of leapfrogging Mm -hmm. procedure and, and, and everything else is this going to have an effect do you think on these inquiries? It would be interesting I mean the public inquiry that's going on is is funded and it's it's ongoing but um in terms of an inquiry into blacklisting the um if a labor government gets in they promise to to open that mm. um but yeah let's see we'll see what happens yeah i mean hopefully they'll carry on but there's so much is up in the air at the moment it's just impossible to know i guess um so this film was commissioned by city projects can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what they do and how that came about so city projects um, is a a production company working mostly with artists to produce films Mm -hmm. um and they have over the last uh, year or so transformed into a cooperative so Mm. now they're looking more at um the sort of climate for production for independent films and they're doing a lot of research into supporting um how independent films can be supported so um, they just produced a, a document that you can see on the City Projects website which is about um, funding the climate for funding at the moment mm. cool it's really great um, so it's playing at Open City London yeah how did you f- approach the festival did they approach you how did that kind of yeah so we submitted about? the film but then um, it was also shown at Sheffield Dock mm. Fest um, where it was seen as well so um, yeah we're really excited to show it at uh, with Open City and at the Regent Street Cinema yes um, and yes yeah, hopefully should be a good event and yeah. um, it will also be a Q&A with John Bryan who's one of the blacklisted mm. workers oh, cool. and then um, Andrea and Alison will also be there for the Q&A amazing oh that's really interesting so mm. it's uh, on the Saturday the 7th of September at 8.50 8.50 yeah. Regent Street Cinema yeah. you can get tickets from opencitylondon.com yeah. um, and everyone should go see it because it is it's something that I wasn't really even aware of. I was just going to say that. I think it's really, it's so important that as many people see this as possible. So we, you know, awareness is raised because even though it's, you know, it's it's an hour and a half long, just under, you're so involved in, in, in these people's stories and so outraged on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're shining a light on it. And I also, you know, appreciated your kind of, uh, frank way of filming everybody and you know lack of score mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't a, a sort of play for sentimentality in it mm-hmm. I think you just let the people tell their stories mm-hmm. and that was really impactful mm-hmm. really impactful so I hope as many people see it as possible Great. and what's what's next for you is this would this be something that you would follow up on as a kind of yeah. a second part or are you looking to do something completely different next I'm not sure yet we're, so we're working on the distribution of this mm. at the moment which is really sort of taking up our time and mm. we're planning a UK tour so um, information of that will be on the solidarityfilm.com website um, <laughs> still yeah. no that's um, fine we'll, we'll tweet all of that yeah. as well um, uh, but I, I yeah I, I have a few things but nothing concrete yet awesome yeah. Thank you very much, Lucy, for coming on the show and uh, speaking to us about solidarity. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Playing Hoxton movies with the Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. So we just had uh, Lucy Parker in the studio talking about her film Solidarity, which is playing on Saturday the 7th of September at 
10 to 9 in the evening at the Regent Street Cinema in London. You can get tickets from opencitylondon.com. Um, it's worth going along to because it's a great film, but it's also going to be followed by a Q&A with the director, Lucy Parker, as well as um, John Bryan from the Blacklist Support Group, and then Alison and Andrea, which aren't their real names, from Police Spies Out of Lives, um, who are two of the women who were in... Ended, ended up being in relationships with undercover policemen who were u- sort of used them to spy on I guess unions I think unions so uh, we're going to play the trailer for you now this is the trailer for Solidarity Organised Petition with UK over homelessness described as bad news by 701 and 713 main contact we've always demanded a full public and independent inquiry We want these people brought to justice for what they did. We want to end blacklisting once and for all within this society. Remember what we're talking about here in terms of um, the activities that people were blacklisted for. It was things like wanting back pay of wages, being paid what they were owed in the first place, toilets, health and safety, you know, so really basic things. They've employed really resourceful, intelligent people and, you know, this just won't stand, so people get really angry because it's extreme what they've done. When I see in the law books, blacklisting is illegal. In the past, it wasn't illegal. In the past, you know, it was like that because you guys, and it's, it's fantastic. Normally, what you get is a, a builder will say, so-and-so's complained about the toilet being dirty or the scaffolding not being safe, and you get a report from an HR manager. Yours isn't like that. It's come from somewhere else. You see this in black and white, and it's just the most astonishing thing. You know, how did I end up doing what I was doing? How did this change the course of my own direction? We want to know which of the trade unions have been infiltrated, you know, when they were infiltrated, the names, the cover names of the police officers who infiltrated them, so we can go through our records and see which branches they were in, which conferences they attended, all that kind of stuff. Hoxton Movies, on Hoxton Radio. Movies on Hoxton Radio. Welcome back to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. Should say our soundtrack of the week this week um, might not be the best film. Let's just put there's that no might there. Yeah, there's not really a question. Um, but it is the 10 year anniversary of Twilight New Moon, <laughs> New Moon, which is probably the worst of the five. Is there five films? They split the fourth book into Stop two. pretending like you don't know how the- many films there are. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first one, and I also like um, Eclipse. The, the last, the last two weren't 
weren't great. New Moon is definitely the worst, but soundtrack's pretty good. So we just played uh, Rosalind by Bonnie Iver and St. Vincent, and that last song was a white di- demon love song by The Killers. They're not daft, these... Um musicians are they they have mm. no problem appearing on the soundtrack to a film that's seen by so many children yes. and Nikki. <laughs> uh, excuse me excuse me i think you like at least one of them no no absolutely not have you seen any of them i saw the first one and that was it i found the second one unwatchable like i, I couldn't watch it the second one was 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 pretty dire if i remember correctly and jacob has long hair so I just love the nuance that Taylor Lautner brought to the role of Jacob the Wolf Boy. He just takes his top off. The, the yes, funny, the well, funny, I like that. I didn't mind that. The funniest thing about um, seeing the film, the last film, I went to see the last film. Did I say Jacob Lautner? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. But he, Jacob. Plays Jacob. he plays Jacob. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I went to see the last film at the cinema and everyone whooped and cheered every time he took his top off. So I saw the second film at the uh, Arclight in Hollywood mm. and everybody was whooping as well but there was this amazing woman in the audience who just kept shouting at the screen she kept talking to the characters like they were real like every time uh kristen stewart did anything she was like girl no girl girl no and i was like you are amazing she was like uh brenda from scary movie which is brilliant um i will say this though mm. just as a little defense in uh, for taylor lautner i don't know if you saw um him and cuckoo on bbc3 no but i heard that was really he good. was brilliant in that and also screen queens fantastic screen Queens season two one of the most underrated tv shows of the last 10 years mm. um he was fantastic in that as well so i will say he has redeemed himself somewhat for the travesty that is twilight very hmm. good uh, so now it's time where we <laughs> I think Nikki's zoned out there I'm pretty I, sure she didn't listen to anything I was just saying she was I just did. like oh, yeah and good Your I was defensive. like Nikki the building's on fire you, yeah good you, yeah. Did, <laughs> you, you defended Taylor Lautner in Cuckoo and Scream Queens Scream Queens <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway we're going to pass over to Morton with a lot more interesting facts how about dare you what's happening at Genesis this week actually it was Morton's last official day working at Genesis it was how was it Wonderful. I it s- was it was a usual day at Genesis. Did anyone? Did you have a big badge on that said it's my last day? No, but everyone else. <laughs> when had has that ever been a thing? <laughs> I don't know. But it could be. Everyone else had miniature versions of the badges that existed beforehand. Oh, the badges with Morton's name on. Morton's with face, my on. face on. Remember? Oh. Yeah. And Shay and um, EJ gave us. Oh, because we were in on that scam, we and that it scan. took him ages to realise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a really good day. I spotted him straight away today. Yeah. It's just like it's just weird. Now. It's, I remember that it took you so long to realise we were wearing those badges. <laughs> um. Oh, Nick, it's the little things. <laughs> I can't even remember what that was for. Was it just for your birthday? No, it was no, just to freak it was you just, out. Ooh, uh, it was just to play with my head. Yeah, I remember getting a message oh, from EJ. We had EJ. to re- p- pretend that we didn't know why we were wearing them. EJ was so excited that we were totally up for screwing you over. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. All I'll say is that EJ knows that I can throw an axe now. So oh, yeah, like, they did some axe for you. Did some axe throwing, didn't you? Yes, I did. I won quite competently, ten nil in the uh, yeah, Champions okay, that's playoff. Kind of scary, but okay. I desperately have wanted to do it every every day since. Um, anyway, uh, got yourself <laughs> a little axe throwing pick. There's show. a Monday night league, but it's in Vauxhall, and like oh. just no. But, uh, a Monday night league of yeah. axe throwing. It's like Viking ten pin bowling. Um, What's it called? It's um. Oh, is it called a Viking ten? No, pin there's bowling? a company name that do it. 
My friends do the PR for it, actually. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Morton, you said you were good at it. I might be able to get you some free axe-wielding sessions. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Beth. I feel a bit attacked now. Oh. But anyway. we should say to our devoted listeners that Morton is not going to be leaving us, despite the fact that he no longer works for Genesis, which was the main reason for starting on the show. I mean, but we now... didn't check that before Nicky's just announced it on air, so this is going to be awkward if no, he is. No, we said no, last we, week. We, we, we discussed it last week. week. Oh, okay. Morton's staying. Yay. It's been a week, though. You might have changed Thanks. your mind. No, you listen to me. Oh, that I do. Make I... Sense as a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Morton. Okay, so tomorrow night, it's going to be very weird not saying we. Uh, tomorrow night, Genesis is having its latest edition of Booze TV. This time it is Everything Rhymes with Orange, and it's a celebration of Parks and Rec. Uh, that is from 7.30 in the bar. Tickets are three. And it will be going on into the early hours. Then, also tomorrow night, something that I didn't know was happening and I'm quite excited and might try and go back for. At 9 o'clock, there is a special screening of Iris, a space opera by Justice, which is the uh, new kind of concert film, but like more than a concert film uh, that they've done uh, as part of their Woman Worldwide show as well so that's quite exciting nine o'clock for that tomorrow night uh also tomorrow night we've got a special restoration of uh nicholas rogues don't look now if you've not seen it it's an absolute classic and you've got the chance to see it on the big screen at nine fifteen tomorrow night then over the weekend on um oh no there's nothing over the weekend there we go don't go uh on monday at six thirty, uh we've got a uh a double bill you can uh, go and watch a new documentary called Memory, The Origin of Alien, and then the 40th anniversary uh, restoration of Alien. Uh, so, yeah, it's a new documentary about all the mythology and uh, the underground comics and lots of other stuff that went into creating Ridley Scott's uh, classic sci-fi. And that is at 6.30 on Monday. Also on Monday... Uh, no, Tuesday, sorry. Uh, Tuesday at 6.30, we've got, uh, as part of Reclaim the Frame, uh, who were at the cinema last night for the souvenir, next week they will be showing Seahorse, the dad who gave birth, uh, which follows the story of Freddy, uh, who at 30 yearns to start a family, but for him this is uh, this ordinary desire comes with unique challenges, as he is a gay, transgender man. Uh, so yeah, that's a piece of news that made... Uh, quite a lot of headlines mm. last year uh, and I've heard really really good things about this doc yeah I've well. heard it's amazing yeah he, so the director was a guest on Kermode's podcast and sounded really good yeah Jeannie Finlay mm. is the uh, director so yeah part of our uh, I believe uh, part of our Women on Film uh, 2019 uh, season so yeah 6.30 next w- Tuesday for that as well also on Tuesday at 9 o'clock uh, we have got Leto uh, which is Rock and Roll Rebellion in Soviet Russia with music by T-Rex, Talking Heads, Iggy Pop, Lou Reed, Bowie, Blondie and more. Mm. Uh, Cyril Serebrenikov uh, charts the rise to fame of Soviet rock pioneer Victor Soy in Leto, a freewheeling snapshot of youthful rebellion in the underground scene of 1980s Leningrad. Uh, so if you want to go and watch a uh, alternative music doc then 9 o'clock at Tuesday uh, next week is the place to do it 
Also next week, uh, on Wednesday at 6 o'clock, we've got a film that we reviewed last week, I believe, maybe the week before, uh, which is J.T. Leroy, which is uh, Justin Kelly's new film starring Kirsten, uh, Kristen Stewart and Laura Dern uh, that we talked about a few episodes back. Still plenty of tickets available for that. Uh, also... Um, next Wednesday at 7.30 we've got the return of music and movies with a surprise film uh, and the acts on uh, the bill will include Mika Schnabel uh, brackets two, co- uh, two Cow Garage and Dexy so if you want a night of music and movies as it suggests in the name in the bar uh, then get on down to Genesis at 7.30 next Wednesday uh, then also on Wednesday at 8.30 we've got a special screening and a Q&A uh, to go with it of a film called Sprinter uh, which follows Akeem Sharp who is nicknamed the Rasta Rocket for his once in a generation speed and who is set to be the island's next big track and field sensation uh, the film was executive produced by Jada Pinkett Swift, uh, Smith and Will Smith and oh. has an all star cast uh, so yeah if you fancy going to watch that which was uh, Supported by the BFI and National Lottery Funds, then you can do at 8.30 next Wednesday. Then, jumping ahead to this time next week, next Thursday at 6.30, we've got a special restoration of Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious. And then also next week on Thursday as well, it's the, uh, it's the release of It Chapter 2. So we're doing a special double bill of It and It Chapter 2 from 7 o'clock. Uh, that means that it chapter two will screen from 10 p.m. I think it's a uh, special kind of preview, not a midnight screening as such, because the film is ridiculously long. So I think they've allowed cinemas to do a special double bill. It's a little bit earlier. That's technically the day before release, uh, just so that you can get home mm-hmm. before it's really the dark and dreary hours of the morning after you've been scared by a clown. Uh, also, 7 o'clock next Thursday is the latest round of the Poetry Slam. And finally, we have got a special screening at 8.30 next uh, next week uh, on Thursday of Beloved as a tribute to Toni Morrison, uh, the famous author who died earlier this month, I believe. I remember going to a Q&A at the BFI mm. with Jonathan Demme yeah. um, about Beloved. And uh, talking about that film, and I, I remember I only watched it once, and I was—I don't know if you've seen it. But not, no. It's it's oh, it's an unusual one because mm. it it had so much build up because obviously such a you know respected novel, and Oprah hadn't done a film since I think The Color Purple, yeah, and was headlining this, and Tandy Newton's in it as her daughter, well as beloved, and um, yeah, I'd love to revisit it because I think it's one of those films that probably demands kind of rewatching mm. and, and, and reevaluating. Reevaluating. Yeah, because if it's nineteen ninety eight that's after Silence of the Lambs as well as it, it was so after coming off yeah hit the back of quite a big hit. That's yeah. why I think he was picked for it. And mm. the problem was is that Beloved had so much hype and Oprah was plugging it on her show mm. and all of that and then it just opened to like minuscule box office and then any sort of further ad- adaptations of Tony Morrison's work were kind of put on the yeah. on the back burner. I I do wonder, yeah, if there's going to be a kind of slew of uh, book rights uh, 
scrambling for yeah. book rights now uh, after her death because like the if you go on Amazon then the uh, the bestsellers charts of books is just full of, of her work of her work yeah mm. uh, but yeah that's eight thirty next Thursday and that is it for the events this week would you like quite possibly unless like I hear things when I go to watch films there what will be the last ever overheard at Genesis yes please. <laughs> Um, so you asked me how um, you have to just go on a mission to Genesis each week true to see films and try and overhear interesting things so uh, as you asked my uh, how did my last day go it went pretty much as any day goes at Genesis where you just shouted at in the street and I was setting up the barriers outside this morning and I, we have to like kind of screw in these little bolts to make sure that they don't blow off down the street so I'm crouching down and suddenly I see two feet appear in front of me and like a shadow cast over me and I kind of look up and there's just a man in a hood looking down at me and he just whispers Hoxton Hoxton needles everywhere filled with germs from Germany and then walks off wow so yeah that was an intense start to the day I didn't say it was a good one just said it was the last one great so I can't sleep yeah no it's it was genuinely terrifying because of the Hoxton Needle Man. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! Thanks for that, Morton. You're welcome. Ending on a positive. Um, <laughs> Genesis does not promote drug use <laughs> or anything of the sort. Um, we're going to carry on with our soundtrack of the week, which this week comes from Twilight New Moon. This is by Lucky Lee. There's a possibility. There's a possibility Just the end of that song and have like creaking chairs or is that I tash? think that might be Tash from getting her ears that <laughs> was trying to subtly crawl out of the studio <laughs> I was thinking that's an interesting way to <laughs> now she gets up and lifts the chair <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh, that was Lucky Lee with Possibility from our soundtrack of the week which this week comes from Twilight, Twilight. New Moon yes but it's a good soundtrack I know you don't have to keep repeating it though we I can do. just pretend we're playing good music Twilight it's the 10 year anniversary of it and look how far Kristen Stewart's come now. Oh, this is a, that we finally get to the crux <laughs> of why this is the soundtrack of the week. Mm. Anything connected with that girl. <laughs> it's like... Hey, it's not my fault she's got a new film out and the memes are just taking over my Instagram. Because <laughs> you keep liking all the pictures. <laughs> When's the restraining order lifted? <laughs> Quiet, you. <clears throat> You've probably got one on um, Antonio Banderas. Oh, I have now. After <laughs> Hope and Glory. Ooh. You've got more restraining orders than I have. No, I, I'm fickle. No. <laughs> I don't commit to Who, stalking. What was, that, what was all that, those teens that you started following on Instagram what? after watching? The French TV the, uh, series. Oh, okay. So, excuse me. Let me just clarify in case anybody's <laughs> calling you tree. Um, I 
watched a Netflix show called Elite. Yeah, that's it. And it was a group of actors who are in their 20s playing students. That's cool. <laughs> and they're very, very talented. <laughs> I bet they are very talented. They are. If you watch that show, it's a great show. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, new releases and doing some reviews now. So first up is The Informer. Uh, directed by Andrea Di Stefano, starring Rosamund Pike and Joel Kinnaman, as well as Clive Owen and Common. Uh, so, ex-con, played by Joel Kinnaman, is recruited by the FBI um, to use his covert skills to take down the general, the most powerful crime boss in New York. Well, <laughs> what? Uh, just sorry, I just realised <laughs> one of the producers, his name is Basil Iwank. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mature. <laughs> so mature. I just saw it out the corner of my eye and I was like, is that actually his name? It is in writing. Sorry about that. Um, Do you want to carry on? Uh, I don't know anything about this film. I saw the trailer actually. Yeah, so. Um, That's about it. When, a string, um, when the sting results in the death of one of the under, undercover cops, Pete, who is Joel Kimmon's character, finds himself caught in the crossfire between the mob and the FBI. So I think. The idea is that he's been inside, he knows the ropes of prison, they want to put him back inside to try and set up this crime boss, um, and it all goes horribly wrong. It, it doesn't look awful, you know, it doesn't look too terrible. Well, I think once you see Rosamund Pike and Clive Owen in it, you think, oh, maybe there's a bit of prestige here, mm. it might be a bit better. And Joel Kinnaman's quite good as well. Yeah. I like um, him, but it looks a bit direct to video. Yeah, it does look a little bit direct to video. I think some the the reviews have been fairly middling, sort of three stars. So, I think it's kind of perhaps a little bit by the numbers, perhaps a little bit enjoyable at times. So we have the trailer for you. I'm the hangman, and I just put a noose around your neck. Are you a princess? Maybe. Really? Give me a kiss. 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 Oh, Prince Super Charming is back. Yeah. It's happening. This is recording now, and we'll be recording the whole time. Tazlo was a convicted felon. He is also an informant for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We have a buyer. I want to take everything you got, Godum. You're a cop. These guys find out you're a cop, you're a dead man, you understand? I'm gonna give you one chance. And I'm gonna give it to you in a few seconds. Bill, freeze! That's what I can see him, NYPD! This is bad business. Storzik tells me that the cop was pointing the gun in your face. You now owe the price of your life to Void Tech. How much is your life worth? You'll break your parole. Go back to prison. Anyone can get drugs inside. It's you. I want out. We go along with the general's plan. Evidence of fentanyl being methodically distributed inside a state prison buries the general for good. And if that happens, you're a free man. If you go back inside, you'll never get out. I'm here to investigate the death of somebody very close to me. We can't have this detective find out that an FBI informant was present during the murder of one of his own. You want to pitch your field office against the biggest police department in the world? You love us a good fight. What are you thinking? Burn him. 
He has a family. We looked him in the eyes. We made him guarantees. I don't have kids. I would suffer too much if something happened to me. Please, Daddy, come back home. I'm scared. I'm doing everything I can. I'm coming for payback. I'm the hangman, and I just put a tight noose around your neck. I'm not getting out of this. This ends now. Surprise. Thumbs up or thumbs down? The latest movie reviews with Hoxton Movies. So that was the trailer for The Informer, which you can catch from tomorrow at our partner cinema, Genesis. It is a, an American film, but it's based on a Swedish book. Yeah, and Morton pointed out to me that his name was Basil Ivanik. 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 Ivanik, rather than what I said. <laughs> yeah. Spoil sport. Spoil sport. Um, so it came out last week, but Matt and I uh, saw it on Sunday. It is Pedro Almodovar's latest film, Pain and Glory, starring Antonio Banderas and uh, Penelope Cruz. And it is very much his probably most autobiographical work. It is about a film director in the later years of his life, and it starts off with him describing every, every ailment that he has, everything that's wrong with him, um, including you know backache, it's really cleverly done though as well yeah it is really cleverly where, they, where they've done it in animation mm. um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like how Scorsese used to do mm. his opening credits um, it's a very clever tool mm. to get that all out of the way so that you, you're straight into the story mm. yeah I really enjoyed it and then he rekindles um, a relationship with a previous actor that he worked with 30 years ago that they haven't spoken since they worked on that film because they had a clash of creative differences um, and he sort of starts semi-using uh, heroin and then there's flashbacks <laughs> semi-using well, like every day yeah but he, he's not <laughs> injecting it no he's smoking it he's smoking yeah. it yeah I mean it's still awful but you know it's not as bad and it's still casual it's not use. as bad. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Nicky really understands how heroin works. <laughs> it's just generally bad. It's generally bad, but injecting is. <laughs> but bad. also, I think what the, what you said about the ailments. The setup is that he is uh, in so much pain, mm. and he gets a chance to relive a little bit of his previous glory. Um, and in order to do that, the heroin and the kind of uh, pain relief effects mm. of it and the and also the kind of it's it's i mean you could argue that it's a bit of a an advocate for drug taking but it actually unlocks some memories for him yeah when he's in that state which i loved those flashbacks so you've got penelope cruz playing his mother and the young the young boy playing him is just so good as well um and they they moved to a, a cave essentially in i i want to say spain or south america I don't know. It doesn't no, it's in Spain. It's it is in Spain. Spain. Yeah, um, and just kind of about like his life growing up and his sort of his first uh, crush on this older, like slightly older boy. Um, it's so it's so sweet and moving and just I, I really liked it a lot and captivating. And then he yeah there's yeah a lot of stuff in it. I mean the the way that the sexual awakening is handled mm. is so quintessentially Spanish, mm. but so sensitive as well. Um, there is you know a degree of explicitness but at the same time it still remains innocent mm. um also i love the way that salvador is um 
so advanced in terms of his reading and writing and he's so literate and he helps this older boy um you know learn to read and write and so their bond is so genuine and uh he's 100 percent in control as well which i i think is an interesting uh take on it yeah. yeah and you've got antonio banderas kind of dealing with being like later on in life and dealing with all these ailments and also dealing with the fact that perhaps he's not in his glory days anymore he's got writer's block but he allows the actor that he's rekindled a kind of relationship with to perform this monologue that he's sort of forgotten about about addiction that was about his previous partner um and all of that stuff just kind of ties into this like very moving and beautiful film i cried several times yeah i was really moved by it as well i think um we should say almodovar has said that it is not i know it's not 100% yeah, that it shouldn't be taken as such, but that there are elements of his life in the story. I think definitely the relationship with his mother. Mm. Um, Penelope Cruz is wonderful as his mum. She exudes so much kind of kindness, but also this um, sort of ferocious desire for her son to do better than her and her husband mm. and, and sort of get out of the, the cave, which mm. she does make very nice. Mm. Um, but really the main reason to see the film and it is wonderfully written and beautifully shot and the music's great everything about it's fab um, is Antonio Banderas arguably and I haven't seen everything he's done <laughs> but I've seen the good ones yeah. um, and I've always rated him as an actor I think you know he's he sort of elevates a lot of things that he's in but he is next level mm. he's so wounded and vulnerable um, and super smart I mean it just exudes all of those qualities really three dimensional performance um, and I have to say as well the moment where he is reconnected with his um, partner Nikki and I were saying it's, it almost works as a kind of uh, plot machination and we're like oh this better add up this, this, mm. there better be a reason why these, th mm. these things connect and the way Elmodovar writes it is just spot on and it leads to this uh, scene between two ex-lovers uh, men of a certain age and it just is heartbreaking and moving and I have to say hot <laughs> there is a scene between the two of them that is just so like it's I mean it's you swoon the a little chemistry, bit yeah, it's very yeah. Um, but then you know it, it, it continues on and Banderas just offers such a startling portrait of this character it's just it's it's a wonderful film yeah, I really liked it a lot. So you can still check it out at Genesis and across London, probably other cinemas. But yeah, I think it's it's one of uh, Almodovar's best. I think a couple of his most recent, more recent ones haven't sort of hit the mark as much. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, so we're going to play another song from our soundtrack. Uh, this is by Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> Thumbs up or thumbs down? The latest movie reviews with Hoxton Movies. So that was Everything Ends, or no, Meet Me in the Equinox by Death Cab for Cutie uh, from our soundtrack of the week. So final review this week is uh, Joanna Hogg's latest film, The Souvenir. Uh, she's written and directed this. Uh, this is her fourth film. She previously did a film called Exhibition and Archipelago. There you go, Archipelago. Um, this stars Honor Swinton Byrne, who is the daughter of Tilda Swinton. Uh, Tilda Swinton's also in this, playing her mother in the film as well. Uh, and Tom Burke, who plays the love interest, or the very 
not very nice love interest. Um, and the story is, it's semi-autobiographical. Um, Joanna Hogg has kind of said it's based on her early life uh, when she was at film school. So it's set in the 1980s and the spectre of the IRA is kind of in the background. There's sort of shots of them looking out the window and, and hearing explosions and kind of being worried when people don't come home on time. Um, but it's about a very upper middle class British girl going to film school and her expectations of what that means while she also lives in a very nice flat in Knightsbridge and gets into um, a, a manipulative relationship with a, a slightly older man who despite apparently working so I've read a few reviews and I don't know where it says it in the film but apparently he works for the foreign office yeah he does okay he's a diplomat isn't so he, he he's a diplomat oh that's what he says he is anyway but he constantly has to borrow 10 pounds from her yeah because that's the thing isn't it it's all the way through it you're like is he just a liar but then you meet his parents who are very well to do and they seem to be in on the thing as well unless he lost his job and is uh-huh. just creating a totally false narrative I don't know mm. um but the the whole film is kind of an observation on on class and Julie or Ju- is it Julie or Julia, the character Julie. Julie. Um, she is obviously from a very upper middle class background, um, but she is interested in making films about the working class. It kind of opens with f- photographs that Joanna Hogg actually took of her- herself of um, working class people at work in factories and things like that, and she's trying to make this. You get shots of the film that she's trying to direct as part of her school film, school, university film, um, which is very like classically film schooly mm-hmm. and like weird avant-garde p- people looking at cameras and saying poetry. And I think it's, I'm not sure if some of it is meant to be tongue in cheek. It's like, you don't really get any kind of sense of emotion from the way it's shot. I would say no it doesn't really have any kind of formal tone to mm. it um, there's slight absurdism to it you know I think even though she is part of the community the upper mm. middle class she's still um, kind of poking fun at it yeah and the long winded dinner parties and the you know the pompous aspects of it uh, yeah yeah and Richard Awadi makes a cameo as it's a great scene great scene uh, where they have dinner and he kind of tries to figure out how Julie and Anthony have become a couple because he refer- references Anthony's habitual heroin using and wonders sort of how they and that's kind of a revelation to Julie and she's she's kind of presented as this as this bright-eyed bushy-tailed quite perhaps slightly naive yeah I would girl. say I would say very naive and she's very ta- swept up and taken along in this re- in in this relationship and he says a lot of things to her about that she should be arrogant and and all these kind of bizarre they have quite a lot of bizarre conversations it's a very skillful performance by Tom Burke because mm. initially you cannot for the life of you understand why she's putting up with this guy because mm. he delivers very kind of pompous monologues and everything is analysed and all of this and then you realise actually he's just a very clever a sociopath and he's a drug addict and he's manipulating her all the way through and then by the time he has her in mm. you know this is when he starts stealing money or asking for money and he starts stealing jewellery and he has no respect for her but it's because of the drug addiction so you start off going there's no way why would anyone mm. find this man appealing but actually he 
has these tender moments and he in- introduces some kind of vulnerability into the performance that makes you realise that actually she's just naive and she's being swept up in this. I think she's taken in by him as well because of how much he compliments her and makes her feel good about herself. I think he's very good at kind of getting in under her skin and, and making... And there's like that tender moment which the clip we're going to play... Um, is from is is when they sort of first sharing a bed together which they're first sharing a bed together in a very platonic way it seems at first and he and he says that he's going to put a little barrier between them of, of her stuffed animals which again i think references her her innocence, her innocence and mm. naivety because she's still quite young and her knowledge of the real world is perhaps not very well developed considering the class well, background she comes from and well that's it isn't it because the scenes between her and her real life mother Tilda mm. Swinton who plays the mother in the film are there is a there, there, there's a detachment and a coldness mm. to it um, you know the, the mother is obviously very well to do um, it's an interesting dynamic and mm. I'm guessing obviously I mean it's probably nothing like their relationship in real life but they play it very very well and you kind of instantly understand both of the characters mm. um I really, I, I mean, enjoyed it as a strong sort of thing. I felt, I was intrigued by it all the way through. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I think because she never really gives much away in terms of, like, she cuts quite, dr- I think some of the cuts are quite unexpected at times and she never really gives you all of the answers, Joanna Hogg, I'm talking about. Like, you're not, not that there's like a load of questions, but you're not really, get you don't get to see everything and the the way the camera is very, placed and scenes play out kind of behind doors sometimes and I really liked it was see I noticed that mm. I really liked the way it was shot mm. um, I think that's just her general style I haven't actually seen yeah 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 uh, oh, Archipelago in particular is kind of just very claustrophobic in that sense it's in a uh, holiday house on the Silly Isles and yeah there's a lot of kind of half closed doors and arguments behind mm. it but um I do wonder with this, uh, from what you've been saying, uh, I am still hoping to see it at some point, but uh, I know that she said that it's the first of a two-part project. Mm. Uh, I've not, I, I'm not too, too sure what the second film is, whether it's a, like the next stage in an autobiographical story or if it's going to be from Tom Burke's character. It's been announced. It's been announced. Okay. And uh, okay. So the sequel to The Souvenir, and it's going to star her again, Honor Swinton, Byrne, Tilda Swinton, Charlie Heaton, and Joe Alwyn. Um it hasn't said anything about the plot but uh, okay. I mean it's all the same characters Julie Rosalind um, Richard Adewadi is in it as well um, so yeah mm. interesting um, I will say that it is elevated incredibly by the performances I mean for her is it her first film? oh yeah um, it is I think yeah she's fab I mean she's so naturalistic Um really really kind of conveys every sort of aspect of the character's journey I didn't like her character though she's very like just a bit too posh but I think that's obviously the character but I just didn't like it I I didn't like the character I didn't warm to her I didn't know if you were supposed to no I didn't I don't know I I just she is in I Am Love actually oh she's in I Am Love okay Um, I thought her character was just very sweet and very innocent and very Mm. naive I mean I thought his performance is really spectacular mm. as well though because um you know like i say it's quite difficult to pull off such a a rogue so mm. effectively but yeah i i thought it was good 
Yeah, I quite liked it. I I don't I don't I didn't love it. The reviews have been absolutely like five stars kind of across the board. I didn't quite get that out of it, but then I also think sometimes I'm not these aren't these aren't films for me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not smart enough for them sometimes. Um so we're going to play a clip from the souvenir. Uh so it is in cinemas and on demand on the Curzon uh official iPlayer. Is it called the Curzon? It's called Curzon Player. Curzon Player. Yeah. on Player. Uh from tomorrow so you can catch it on there. You came closer to me and took up more of the bed. And you already I would say further over than I am. That's not true. It is true. No, it's not. I haven't got you that have much. bed dysmorphia. <laughs> and you, then you accuse me of... I wasn't trying to cross any sort of threshold. <laughs> I have not got that much room. You've got a foot on that side. That's and I literally am on a ledge. Now playing Hoxton movies with the Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. <laughs> 